The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Downtown Barbershops here in Stillwater, just off of 6th Street, 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater. You can check them out at downtownbarbershops.com. All kinds of haircuts. They do children's haircuts, buzz haircuts, traditional haircuts. You can get a military haircut, razor fade, mustache, and beard trims. They're also working on adding spa services, so be sure not to miss out on that. But I think the most important thing to say here is they give the best haircut. I've been getting my haircut here for several years now. Randall, the owner, the best haircut in town. He also brings his dog in every now and then. Blue. I love blue. Blue's a great dog. Check him out. 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater or give them a call at 405-269-8590 or check them on the web at downtownbarbershops.com. Welcome into the Pokes Report podcast. My name is Zach Lancaster alongside Brian Murphy. This is an exciting episode this week. We have another guest on. The NCAA softball tournament right around the corner starts uh, starts Friday here in Stillwater. Oklahoma State hosting Fordham, Nebraska, and North Texas here in the Stillwater Regional. So what better way to kind of kick this week off than talking to one of the best softball players that's ever come through the doors at Oklahoma State? We reached out to Samantha Shaw and she graciously agreed to be on with us. And, and this is a good one. It's about an hour long. And uh, we get into everything from her journey uh, to Texas A&M to Oklahoma State. After Oklahoma State, you know what kind of what kind of led her to all those places, and and uh, she gets into some relationships with uh, current and former players and the coaching staff, and and it's it's such a such a good episode. Really, really enjoyed it. Appreciate Samantha from uh, for being on with us. And uh, without further ado, here is our interview with Samantha from Tuesday. Joining us now on the Pokes Report podcast is former Oklahoma State Cowgirl, Samantha Shaw. Samantha, really glad you could join us. Uh, super excited to talk all things softball. But uh, first things first, uh, how's, the, how's the year been going? It's been good. Um, I have really taken my time to better my craft as a professional softball player. So I'm not as busy like trying to give lessons and do all this stuff. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to just dedicate literally all of my time to getting better. It's a little different, but it's been a good year so far. Good. And, and that was actually going to be my first question. You know, you play for U triple SA, uh, the, the transition, you know, you hit on, you know, trying to, trying to hone your craft and how it's different being a professional athlete. What are some of those similarities from, you know, going from Oklahoma state to playing professional softball? I think what. U trip plus a pride is trying to do we're really building the wpf from the ground up um it's the first year even though it's an exhibition year for the wpf to be played and not saying that when i got to osu that was the first year but coach g was literally still trying to build you know what we see today and what we've you know all love to watch is trying to build that foundation to continue to grow the sport of softball and grow grow a love from fans for Oklahoma State or the Pride. And so it's been really fun to be a part of that, not just once, but now twice. And there's definitely some um, things that I've learned. I learned a lot in my time in Stillwater under um, Coach G and Jeff and Coach P and everyone there. So I'm hoping that once we get 
down into Florida starting practice, which I have to be down there by June one. So, but learn using those tools that I learned with them and then implementing them um, on this team. So you hit on it, and and I, I do want to dive into it uh, coming up here in just a bit, but. You know, you talk about, you know, trying to grow the game and, and you talk about the growth of Oklahoma State softball and, and you were a pivotal part of that. You know, but when we when we talk about, you know, the growth of college softball and how it's just exploded, you know, and they've they've added, you know, tens of thousands of seats down there in Oklahoma City. And, you know, the Women's College World Series is, you know, one of the, the more viewed programs that ESPN puts on when it comes to NCAA tournaments. How how does how do you grow the game outside of of college softball? You know how do how do you you know what goes into growing a professional game and and trying to implement the growth that college has seen? We're still trying to figure it out. What the pride has done, and I really admire. USA is like um, a um, like a division of travel select softball and baseball, and so our our schedule pairs up with a lot of the bigger tournaments so we're going to these select travel ball tournaments and playing games in front of those crowds to try to show and explain to people that you know yes college softball the world series it's great but there's also you know a very there's a very few of us that continue to play and make it a career and this is what it is um, we're continuing to try to build professional softball. Um, last year, we even played some games in Stillwater mm-hmm. while the World mm-hmm. Series was going on. We played Team USA back at, you know, Cowgirl Stadium. But it's it's a constant battle of just trying to promote and use our social medias to tell people, hey, this is where we're going to be. So we're really doing a lot of the footwork, and hopefully in a couple years, it's um, – expanded more but also the kind of the crazy part of it is that there's there's multiple leagues of professional softball and what athletes unlimited is doing this year is they actually have um a production contract with espn so i think that's a good step for Mm -hmm. professional softball i'm not playing in athletes unlimited this year but that's definitely a step in the right direction to try to propel professional softball to follow you know like the WNBA um, and obviously we're always going to be chasing like the NFL and all those fun ones but we're, we're taking steps in the right direction well but you you have one heck of a product you have um, you know college softball is so much fun to watch because mm-hmm. it's so fast-paced it's so emotional uh, I mean I left that again I was at Bedlam we'll get to Bedlam amazing win thank yeah. you cowgirls um, <laughs> I was at that game and left exhausted you know and, and, only and there like two and and I was only there two two hours yeah. yeah two and a half hours and it was so much fun so whenever you got to bring the team usa back here to stillwater were you like the toast of the town were you the queen of the city of the team getting to show everybody around and um not really i don't know i think this kind of fell on team usa a little bit but um the um, uh, marketing of me being there and everything was not done well. So like we, we didn't even fill up the stands. Right. That says anything, but um, also the team was away in OKC. So I didn't really have access inside. Mm. We, and we were staying in a hotel closer to the hall of fame stadium. So it wasn't like we were able to 
go around and see everything. I did as much as I could. The couple, I think maybe one or two games we were there, but it was kind of like a letdown for me being back at my home stadium. I was so excited to be there, and I understood that we were playing literally the same week of the World Series. So um, hopefully if it ever happens again, I would like to do a better job of showing people around and um, having, having, you know, the fans of cowgirl softball and me be there and support um, me in my professional career. Of course. Yeah. And cow cowgirl fans, cowboy fans, they do show up for, for the pros. Um, we've, you know, got this weekend over in Southern Hills uh, is going to be the PGA championship. Yeah. And I know that everybody's putting, you know, the, the marketing has been heavy on that to show up in orange and, and um, I think they will. And but hey, let's take it back to before A and M. Let's go back to high school for oh you. Boy. Okay, we're going way back. You you committed as a sophomore. I was I was going to come into this and ask. So what was recruiting like for high school? You know, to college, it was quick and easy for you. What I was actually committed as a freshman? As a that freshman, makes it worse, but wow. yes. <laughs> well, and and you know, and you you mentioned committed as a freshman. When you look at college athletics, there's really only two, maybe three sports where you see commitments so early. College right. softball, you know, college baseball, and then you look at soccer. I think soccer is another one that you see. What what goes into, you know, and this this plays into, you know, your commitment to A&M. Honestly, I, I love talking about my journey um, just because I try to steer people away from what I did. Um, I literally didn't even know college softball was a thing. Neither of my parents went to college. So it wasn't like growing up on, you know, Saturdays we were watching like Texas A&M football or Mm -hmm. Texas football, not anything like that. So I was playing 16 years softball. I was on a good travel ball team. We were in Colorado and I made like the all-star team for the tournament and I was playing games and, my select team had a like a recruiter who talked to coaches. I had a really good game. I pitched well. I think I hit a home run, whatever. And she comes up to me and she says, if you want to go to Texas A&M, you're going to be able to. And I was like, okay. On my team, there were at least two other girls already committed to Texas A&M because I'm young. I play up, so I was always – one of the younger ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, I was like, oh my gosh, my friends are going to be there. Cool. So that's the summer before my freshman year, the beginning, at the beginning of my freshman year, I go and take a visit to Texas A&M and college station. Coach Evans offers me a full ride on the spot and me not, and I, I didn't understand what the heck was going on. My parents were in the room and my dad was like, well, if you're going to, if you want to do it, just accept now. Now, Coach Evans did say you can accept today, tomorrow, next week, in a year. The offer's on the table. Take your time. But my dad's like, if you want to do it, just do it. I think in their minds, they heard full ride scholarship, mm-hmm. you know, nothing out of their pocket. Um, so I was like, can I take the night to think on it? I don't know what thinking I did. There wasn't <laughs> much because the next day I went to her and I said, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, there was a moment, so that this is like fall of my freshman year. I'm probably not even 15 yet. Like that is just a dumb, stupid 
So if you're like explaining you to your other friends it. as a freshman, did they even understand what you meant that you were committed to Texas no. A&M? <laughs> no. I mean, obviously the kids that I played softball with in the summer, right. they understood, but my friends at school could literally care less. Um, and, and looking back on it, there's no way a 14 year old should be making a decision to go and play college softball mm-hmm. anywhere at, at any time. So, you know, that made my select ball experience very smooth. I still had a work ethic. Like I have to continue to get better. I want to be a starter, you know, my first year at A&M. Which um, you were. And what, yes, luckily I was. Um, and there was a moment, I can't remember if it was before my, the summer before my junior year, summer after my junior year, where I wanted to actually decommit and explore my other options. Because I went on one visit to A&M committed on the spot and then I never went on another visit again I actually had a visit to North Texas the weekend after A&M and I had to cancel that so I was like I just want to explore my options but I chickened out on that because I didn't want coach Evans to think that I didn't want to go there Um, I didn't want her to take you know my scholarship or anything away so I I stuck it out and I was very lucky that the the other freshmen I came in with we were all we became really good friends even before getting into College Station. Um, and so I was very excited about that. And it just made, it, it made like travel select ball. I still was competitive, but because I was on a team that was like an exposure team to get other people recognized, it caused the level of softball to be not as exciting for me because we weren't necessarily going out to win. We were trying to get people scholarships and that really annoyed me as a player and so by the end of my senior summer I was like I don't even want to play softball anymore because this is annoying <laughs> and that and I'm that, ready to be in college and that was actually going to be my next question you know you commit so early you know everyone deals with recency bias you know and, and you're excited in the moment you know but you've got you know you said you committed your freshman year so technically you know we're talking three three and a half four years before you got to A&M Obviously, that first year at A&M, you know, it, it worked. You know, you had 45 appearances. You know, you had 17 complete games. You hit almost 300. You had, you know, 13 homers. Your first career outing, you know, 15 strikeouts. I mean, it, it, it worked. But, you know, was there a moment you said you wanted to uh, decommit? So, like, over those next three years, you know, was the – once you got there, was it I love A&M and I love College Station or was it – maybe I should have explored my options before, you know, ultimately transferring. Um, I didn't necessarily love college station. Um, I, I can say this with, you know, I'm not ashamed that I went to college to play softball. I didn't go to get a degree. And I know when people say A&M's a cult, I can, I can assure you it absolutely <laughs> is. People love that university with their whole heart and you have, a lot of kids, at least when I was there on, on the team that multi-generation, you know, Aggie and a lot of those girls wanted to just be on the team and not necessarily play. And so that was a little strange to me. Um, obviously having as good of a year as I did my freshman year, um, it was, it was fun to me and, and the team relied on me pitching wise, which was something that I was very used to in select ball that I was the one I was throwing. If we played eight games, I was throwing six of them. And that's what my freshman year was as well. 
So there wasn't any regret my freshman year. The following years is when the regret started to happen. Um, so, yeah. So I, I have stayed the night in College Station. I, one of the things I like to do is, is if I'm on the road for work, I stay in a, in a uh, college town. I like to go jog through that campus. I love seeing all the different campuses. I, mm-hmm. have, I have run on the grass in, at Texas A&M. <laughs> I made it a point. There was nobody else on campus. It was in the summer, but that's okay. So did your, did your recruiting process change a little, uh, after your, after you put in for it to transfer? Um, a little bit, I think because I was older and I realized, okay, I'm about to be a senior one teams probably don't have a lot of money for me and coming off of a full ride scholarship and my parents not putting away any money for me. Like I knew that a full ride was something that I was going to need unless I was going to take out a loan. But for one year of school, I mean, that was something in the back of my head. Um, and also like, I think just the, the feeling of feeling wanted again was something that I was almost craving because that mm. I was, I felt very under um, appreciated my last couple years, um, but I was except like once I left that meeting because I I transferred before the transfer transfer portal like literally mm-hmm. weeks, and um, so I I had two conversations with the staff and the first meeting I left crying and the second meeting when I actually told them I was leaving it was like a weight lifted on my shoulder so I don't think I could have ever gone down. But I definitely wanted to explore my options. I wanted to go on as many visits as possible, given it was in the summertime. So you only have, what, eight weeks to Mm -hmm. figure it out. So it it did feel a little bit rushed. Um, But I was very excited to explore. And obviously, being older, I had a better understanding of what I needed and what I was going to be looking for in the next program I chose. So what went into that process? You know, you, you said that, you know, you, you transferred before the transfer portal. You know, how did, you know, how did you go about, did you contact coaches? Is, was there mm-hmm. a, you know, obviously there, the transfer portal wasn't as big as it, as it is now, but is there some kind of website or database that coaches can say, okay, well, all these players, you know, these, this is who I want to talk to. You know, what went into that and who were some of those schools? Yeah, so... I didn't ever go on any website. I used um, my old select ball coach. Actually, a couple old co- old coaches I reached out to just for them to put out feelers for me. And then, honestly, word of mouth and um, gossip worked a lot. <laughs> I think people knew I was leaving before I even went into the meeting and told my coach I was leaving. And women's so... softball? No. <laughs> the softball <laughs> world is insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally get my release papers, which took, uh, there's a certain amount of days it took the whole time to get my papers. So that already freaked me out. I was like, I don't have a lot of time and now I don't get my papers until the max out date. And then on top of that, there were schools I couldn't, cause coaches can restrict, could restrict where you went. Yeah. And I had a list of at least 10 schools restricted. And I was like, well, this is annoying for me, because I'm like, I'm not good enough for you to play me constantly, but I'm good enough for you to not want to play against me. Mm -hmm. So make that make sense. So I told them, I was like, if you don't give me restrictions, or if you don't let up these restrictions to these schools, I'm going to go public and I'm going to let the world know like what's going on. 
I scared him a little bit. Um, and I, I ended up going to a school that wasn't even on the list. So I thought that was a little bit funny unintentionally, but, um, OSU was the first school to reach out to me. Taylor Lynch and I played select ball growing up against each other every summer. She literally DM'd me on Twitter and said, hey, I heard you were transferring. You want to give OSU a shot? And I was like, I wasn't going to say no. So I was like, sure. I didn't know one thing about <laughs> Oklahoma State. I knew that they were in Oklahoma. We had played them my sophomore year at home, but I didn't know much. Of Actually, funny enough, that it was either the spring or right at the beginning of the summer. I was in a rush. I was, oh no, because we didn't make it to the world series my junior year. So I was in a restaurant eating TVs on the screen and Oklahoma state still playing their, They. I was watching Oklahoma state and I remember seeing the Nessa Shippey up on the screen. So that was my only knowledge of Oklahoma state. Um, so OSU reached out to me. Um, the coach at University of Louisiana Lafayette, Jerry Glasgow, was my hitting coach at AM for my first two years. So I felt not obligated, but I wanted to give him an opportunity to show me what was going on. I had Michigan reach out to me, but I wasn't going to go to school up there. So I told them no. Um, Texas State really wanted me. I was in contact with Kat Osherman, but I was like, I'm not going to go to Texas State. I apologize. Um, and then Washington was also a school. So I went on a visit to OSU, Washington, and ULL in that order. So once you, you know, did you do the research before you got to Stillwater? Or was it, you know, I, I watched Vanessa Shippey. Obviously, Taylor Lynch is on this team you know, did you do anything before you got there or was it, you know, I show up in Stillwater, you know, Kenny shows me around and this, this was my first Oklahoma state impression. I didn't do much research. I had a, I had a phone call with coach G. Um, literally, I think the day I got my papers, I called him, we talked, we set up a date and that was it. Um, I didn't do a lot of research. <laughs> I knew I, I liked the fact that it wasn't in Texas because College Station was only an hour 45 from where my parents lived. And I've always been one to like distance. And I want to, I'm okay with being far. It, it was the right distance for me. Like Washington was like 23 hours away. It's a long Col I mean, still a long flight. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And it. I would want my car and have to, having to drive that. I was like, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. um, Stillwater was the right distance for me. Um, and it was still, it was still going to be hot. It, it didn't, there, there wasn't going to be much snow. There was some snow, but there wasn't a lot of snow. It, it seemed okay without doing much research. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's something, you know, obviously we've all seen the job that, that Kenny has done bringing in transfers, you know, the transfer pitchers, you know, I mean, I, I, I think the good thing about Oklahoma state, and I talked about this on my radio show yesterday was, you know, Kenny has got the program now where you're going to he's going to start recruiting those players out of high school and signing them rather than getting them out of the portal. I think he'll right. always land portal transfers. You know, and I, I think he'll always do good at that. But players like that are going to start coming to Oklahoma State to begin with. But we always hear from those transfers. You know, this feels like home. You know, Kenny made it feel like home. It's a family. We hear that. What what is that? What you know, what was home for you? Um, like I said, 
I went to college for softball. So going into this recruiting process, um, this OSU softball team in the summer, they were in Stillwater taking summer courses and also working out team practices on their own. And to me, I was like, oh my gosh, they want to win so bad. They don't take much time off. Mm -hmm. They are committed to giving up their free time to get better. And so I was like, check, got it. Cool. And then just the way that the coaching staff, so at the time it was Coach G, Jeff, and Coach P, and um, Wes Alm was there as the strength coach. And they all talked to me as if I was, like, I was a human being. They were talking to me like an adult. It wasn't like they put on this, this, this mask, like, oh, we really want her. Let's try to, like, play us up and look cool and paint this picture. They were real. They talked to me honestly. They were sarcastic. They were already like yanking my chain. And I was like, all right, cool. Like this is, I, I need this. I need this environment to thrive in. So that was a check mark to me. Um, and I liked, Coach G told me straight up. He was like, I don't know if we can make you a better softball player because of how good you already are. I want to make you a better person. And I was like, tears probably came to my eyes. <laughs> And I was like, done. Like, all right, you check three. Um, now, remind you, Stillwater was my first visit. I wanted to commit on the spot. Again, I was like, I know this is where I'm going to be. It's home. I want to be here tomorrow with the girls in classes working out. Like, I need to be here. And I, my dad was on the visit with me. I called my mom and she was like, Sam, you've done this before and you regretted it. I need you to take those other visits. And I was like, I don't want to. She was like, you have to do this for me. And I was like, fine. So I literally had to tell Coach G, hey, I'm coming without saying, hey, I'm going to be here in a couple weeks. <laughs> mm -hmm. But just the how they, the environment that the coaches created for me because of where I came from was a huge thing. He said, we have an open door policy. Your first time at the field for the day, you can't not walk past my office and say hi um and the fact that they were open and vulnerable about their own lives like coach g's kids are there all the time they don't hide anything that it's everybody's a, like they bring their families into the softball family if that makes sense and i think that showed me that they were they're invested in not only us as softball players but us as people and that's what that feel, felt feels like for me so I know from my time in college baseball, teams are baseball teams are forged in the fall through mm. the hard work in the fall, through the weightlifting, the early mornings and all that. Softball is a little bit of a different fall than baseball, but when you got here and you stepped on campus, what was that first fall like for you? Were you were you just dominating in practice? Was it a struggle? What what was going on for you then? So actually, I actually came up the second half of summer and trained and practiced with everyone, but I, I wasn't bought in yet. Like I, I was very mm -hmm. much to myself. I wasn't um, like at, I wasn't hanging out with everyone just yet. So finally, when the fall came around, we're going through the fall, we're working out. I'm, I'm slowly opening up, and then there was a moment where it was an individual. I was throwing my bullpen with Jeff because at that time, Jeff was my pitching coach. 
He was like, so what are you going to do this, this weekend? And I was like, nothing. I had a one-bedroom apartment and a long-distance boyfriend at the time, so I wasn't trying to go out to the bars. I wasn't trying to, you know, I wasn't trying to do anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, probably sit at home, eat pizza, and watch TV. <laughs> like, <laughs> Living the dream. Sounds like a great night to me. Yeah. He was like, Sam, I need you to do one thing for me. I need you to go and hang out with your teammates. I want some of these girls to be at your wedding whenever you get married. Like I, my, I'm the, I'm ordering you to go hang out with your teammates this weekend. That's an intense, deep conversation in a bullpen. I know. I was just warming up. So it wasn't like I still had a whole thing to throw, (laughs) but now I got to think about my wedding. And, and coming from Jeff, Jeff doesn't talk a lot. Jeff doesn't, he keeps it like, exactly how I want it like very superficial we talk about softball like joke around haha and he gets all deep on me and I'm like I whatever fine (laughs) throw my bullpen cool so I go back to my phone and I put in our team and only the girls our group me and I said hey um if y'all go do something can y'all invite me and pull me out of my apartment or just gonna make me run if I don't (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful (laughs) there and this is very early in the fall um, so I, I finally get out and I'm hanging out with everyone. And this, like you said, like in the fall, this is where I finally start opening up. Um, and we, I think I can say this now, like as a team, we partied, like <laughs> that was our thing. That's how <laughs> Statute of limitations are up. Yeah. Like that's where we created so many memories and so many opportunities for us to trust one another. Mm-hmm. We actually got in some really big trouble in the fall um, where, like, half of the team had to run triangles for the rest of the fall mm. due to alcohol. And so at one practice, Coach, she was like, okay, I need everyone to come in front of Jeff. Jeff had a, a, um, a notepad. And he said, I need everyone that was at this event, I need you all to come line up and tell Jeff that you were there. And there I am at the back of the line, like, um, like, so scared, so scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm well of age to drink. Yeah. That was not the issue, but I was with my teammates, so I, I, you know, I couldn't let them, I couldn't let them out and get in trouble. So I go. Jeff looks up. He goes, "You were there," and I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "I'm proud of you." <laughs> I'm like, this sucks. I hate it, but. Um, created a lot of good memories, and apparently before our, our softball season, there was a um, a meeting with with the girls without me, saying that y'all we have to listen to what Sam's saying because I was I like I was killing it in practice. I, I dominated. I I was very much myself, and who that is is I'm very blunt. You know, if I'm hitting off a pitcher and I get a base hit and somebody asks, was that a changeup? And the pitcher shakes her head yes. And I said from first base, I was like, that was not a changeup. Now, in my head, I'm trying to make her better and get her to understand that ball's not slow enough. There wasn't enough speed difference for me to get fooled. She took that as me being a little, you know, nice, not nice person, a little, little whatever. And so I had to go apologize and be like, look, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, but that pitch wasn't good enough. Like, that's not – we can't have that on our staff. Like, that's who I was. And I I understood what it 
takes and took to be great. And I was trying to get my teammates to recognize that and they weren't getting it. So they had a meeting by themselves saying, we got to listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. It may be tough on the ears to hear because her tone's not very good, but she wants us to win. She will do, I, I will do anything for my team to win. And so I think that's when we really started to like take our stride and have a lot of fun and kind of be the annoying underdogs that we were that year. Well, that's perfect because I was just going to say Riley Bayless was, she was a mood. I mean, dancing in the, you know, in the box and then getting in there. But she seemed like that one that if she's on your team, you love her. If she's on the other team, she just annoys the fire out of you and you hate her. Does She annoyed the fire out of me and I hid behind her. <laughs> but at least she annoyed you while she was on second base. Say that again? I said at least she annoyed you while she was on second base for you to knock her in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was one of the ones where, like, yes, she's a great mood setter, lead off, but she would get going too much sometimes. And it's like, dude, you got to breathe. Like, we need, I need you on base so I can hit you in. Like, you can't freak out, you know? And sometimes her energy would get to the, we had a young team my senior year. It wasn't like we were all experienced. I was like, calm down. You're okay. We're okay. You're okay. Well, speaking of (laughs) the young team, there's four of them that are still starting today, Kylie Naomi, yep. Sydney, Kelly Maxwell, and Chelsea Alexander. Yep, Shy Factor. And Shy Factor, that's right. Yeah, she was there too, so five. And then there is a highlight of you taking Miranda Ellis deep in Stillwater. Oh, <laughs> Oops. So She also took me deep in Stillwater, don't forget. Yeah, oh, did, see, that's that, true. that wasn't on the highlight. But, no, so... You and Miranda have a little bit of same type story to get to Stillwater where it was uh, massive success and then kind of the interest in other programs sort of took a dive and then found your way to Stillwater. And by all accounts, she seems to be enjoying herself here and, and you did as well. Can you talk to about, have, have you had any conversation with her or? Yeah. I, my, my week that I was there, I texted her. I was like, hey, we need that. We need to sit down and talk. Like, I got to know more about you. I'm so intrigued. When when Jeff and Coach G told me that she was coming to Stillwater, I was like, what? Like, I was playing. I was in my summer. I was playing. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to call Jeff. And he was like, you will not believe who's who's committing to OSU. And I was like, I don't know who. Because at that time, she had taken her year off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, and goes, coming off National Player of the Year in that short season. Right, right. And um, he goes, you and her had a, 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 a fist-pumping match in, in Stillwater. And I was like, shut up. You're joking. Like, to me, I was all happy. I was so excited. And um, so... I was like, give me her number. I want to I wanna at least just reach out, text her, tell her that I'm so happy she's a cowgirl. So I do that. And then my time there, I was like, hey, let, let's go get a coffee. Let's do something. I'm, I just got to sit down and talk. Because, like, for me and only playing against her, she seems, like, so serious, so, like, invested. She wants to win. She's competitive as anything. She reminds you of anybody you know? And I can admire that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to – the times I was there at practice, she's a huge goofball. And I was like, what is going on? Who is this girl? What is she doing? 
how is she so good? So we sat down for, I was probably there for like an hour and 15 minutes and me and her just talked. And I was like, okay, I can see how we are very similar. Coach G and, and Jeff had always say like, you and her are like identical. And I was like, mm-hmm. cool, I want to get to know more. And honestly, just asking her the hard questions, like, is softball something you want to do long term? I, I obviously have connections to get her there. But if it if you don't love softball with all your heart, professional mm-hmm. softball isn't as easy as you think it is. And so just getting a better understanding of her and hopefully creating a relationship where if she needs something, she can come to me, ask me and trying to get hurt like I kind of like kicked her in the butt and I was like dude like lead the team like I know it's scary coming in her only a semester but like these girls need a leader like they need someone to take the reins whip them into shape and be like let's go so I I would like to say that like the next the following series after that which was Texas Florida State Oklahoma and then Big 12 like Mm -hmm. I I could see a difference in the team um, and I don't know if that's just because I played there or I'm still playing, but it was nice to see uh, them kind of like flip a switch almost. But um, Miranda's great. I hope I hope she continues to play and at least just one year. She's got to try it. But uh, I really admire her and her drive and everything. Well, I, I hope at least she gets three more weekends to play. Oh, yeah. You know, this year, because mm. that means that we're in yes. the World Series. Yes. But, so what brought you back to Stillwater um, to see the team, to get with her? What brought you back a couple weeks ago? I had to train. I had to, like, practicing in a team environment is one of the biggest downsides of professional softball. So I'm currently in Austin, Texas. I'm not going to go train with Texas softball. Um, and there's there's really not a lot of us. We're all spread out throughout the country. So it's not like I have people to train with. So I mm-hmm. called Coach G up. I was like, look, I'm coming. I need to practice. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I actually stayed in Coach G's extra bedroom. And I practiced. I hit a lot. I talked with the girls. I try to, I try to um, not like push into the team environment and like specifically every all the girls but I just wanted to get a good feel with what going on because as an outsider watching them on tv and watching them play I was like something doesn't look right like something's missing and I couldn't put my finger on it and so talking with the team and talking with the coaching staff I was like I know what it is so talking with Miranda and talking with some of the other like shy and Sydney Pennington I was like y'all gotta like Something's got to change quick because y'all are getting into the part of your season that's going to be hard, and y'all are going to need people to step up, and we got to get it done. So I was just there to, one, selfishly train, get better, work with Jeff hitting, and then hopefully try to, like, kick the girls into, like, we got to go. It's time to go. It's go time. Let's do it. This is how you do it. But also creating a fun environment so it's not like I'm some Nazi coming in, like, do what I say. I didn't want that. I think I did an okay job with kicking them into shape a little bit. Well, and you look at that, you know, take you back to 2019. I mean, I think that was the the first time that they had been back to the, you know, the College World Series since 2011. You know, you mm-hmm. guys had a, an incredibly tough super, you know, against Florida State. You know, it goes down to, you know, goes down to that third game. You guys make it back to back to Oklahoma City. I mean, how beneficial, you know, did you, not not to like, you know, have you pat yourself on the back, but did they say, Hey, listen, you know, you have that experience, you know, what can you, what can you give us? 
Um, Coach D has always been very appreciative of what I did every year since I've been out. He's like any like when he got his what like his two hundred and fiftieth win, and I texted him, and he was like, "We couldn't have done like this is all on you. Like you helped create this." And I was like, "Wow, it's finally hitting me what I did and how I helped OSU softball." And so trying to come in in a way where it's not like I'm like almost what is it what would it be like a fifth coach I didn't want to be a coach I still wanted to be like player to player friend to friend you know teammate to teammate with the girls and and try to maybe explain some things in a different way that the coaching staff was trying to say and just say it in a different way a more relaxed way and um I told all of them, if you ever need to reach out, here is my phone number. Please contact me. Like I love talking about the game and I love talking through the mental side of it because now in the part of the season that they're in, it is mental 100%. Well, Saturday was the the perfect example of that. You know, there's, there's moments and, and you can, you know, you've played it, you've been there. I'm, you know, we just sat on the outside, but there's something different when you, when you talk about OU softball and then being, you know, such the dominant program, you know, yes, they are incredibly good, but there were a few moments on Saturday where, you know, uh, uh, there was a, the solo shot to Jocelyn Allo there in the, mm-hmm. in the, was it the sixth inning, I think, to tie it mm-hmm. back up. And then, yep. and then you get the, uh, the overthrow there in the, in the bottom of the eighth to put the potential go ahead on and just, yeah. but they shorted up, you know, they, there were mm-hmm. no, you know, yeah, there's some mistakes. This is OU, but we are a really good softball program. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I almost miss that mental struggle sometimes because I feel like for me as a player, that's when I freaking, I go, Mm -hmm. I play best when I'm like, there's so much pressure. Um, And trying to explain to the girl, like pressure is okay. Like pressure is a privilege. Pressure makes diamonds. Like if you are not practicing for those moments where like Kylie getting that, that walk and that last inning to score the run, like I think probably six times out of 10, she's probably swinging at that pitch and grounding out, but she knew she had prepared enough to let that ball go. And she didn't have to hit a grand slam. She didn't have to get a hit. She, all she had to do was get a walk. And that's exactly what she did. And I think people forget about that sometimes. And OU was probably, they, their buttholes were so tight. They probably were so, they hadn't been in a situation like that probably since Texas, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, it goes to show that, yeah, talent's great. But when you have that grit, that's one thing I was trying to tell the girls when I was there. Like, y'all need to be gritty. Y'all need to, like, grind it out. It's not done until that last out's made and just keep going. That's what my year did. We did not stop until that last out was made and how many, I don't know how many games we came from behind, but it was a stupid number. And that's one thing that I OSU softball prides itself on is just to keep going until the last out's made. Well, and something, you know, obviously, a lot of good softball teams are played down the stretch, you know, in regional supers, obviously the, the college world series, the big 12 tournament, all that good stuff, but something that Kenny has implemented and it was very prevalent, you know, when you're one season in Stillwater softball is so much unlike any other sport in that, you know, your non-conference schedule, you're not, you're not scheduling the cupcakes, you know, you're not playing, you're not playing 30 games at home before you get to conference play. You guys played in Houston. You guys played in the, you know, the St. Pete Clearwater, the Mary Nutter, you know, you went up to Oregon and played them and they were really, really good. 
how beneficial are playing those massive tournaments and massive series? How, how beneficial are those for, say, the Big 12 tournament or regional super regionals? I think it gives you a taste of what you need to work on because I would hope your team isn't reaching its, you know, top potential in the first couple of weeks of softball. So playing those teams and playing Oregon and you, you get a taste of what you need to work on and it may hit you like a ton of bricks or you may, you know, see it only a couple of times shining through. So it's, it's huge. And especially, I mean, we traveled so much. Mm -hmm. We went from Florida to California to Oregon. Like it's, it could have been very realistic of how a postseason could have gone. And I mean, we did go back and play in Florida for supers, but it gives everyone a good taste of what it's like, like playing in front of a big crowd at getting televised. Like you need those big games. You need those opportunities to suck or grind it out to continue to get better for, you know, your postseasons, your regionals or the world series. Well, you hit on it. I mean, I think from the first week of February, essentially to the first week of April. I think the it was um, Texas, March, 24, uh, March 29th. You guys played at home five times from the 1st of February till April. We played, and I think it was <laughs> at Wichita, uh, or Wichita State, and I think you played, uh, like, I think McNeese came to town. It was the OSU Tulsa Invitational. So, I mean, you guys only played, you know, five games at home. I mean, it was all on the road, played a lot of really good teams. So, and, and then... Obviously, right when you get at home, you're playing you're playing number nine, number ten, Texas, and you take two out of three. How massive was that series? That was such a fun series. Like, I don't know why it felt like there was um, like it was so tense, but it was so much fun. Like going in, I knew that they were going to be good, and I knew we had to take at least one game from them. And then we go and take the first two, and it was we were having we were having so much fun. Like there wasn't anything that could have happened to freaking slow our roll or put a like put a rain on our parade. There was nothing, and I think that's when our team finally realized, like, okay, like this is we got this. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep rolling. Um, really fun series i love looking back on those pictures and seeing like the smiles on everyone's faces well and let's let's be real i mean game two i mean it was a it was a five inning run roll i mean it wasn't it wasn't like it was right. a, a grinded out now the first one was 1-0 but then you go and knock them out you know it's eight nothing i mean it was it was incredibly uh, incredibly fun game and then obviously that third game that's where the ellish home run came from ah that was okay i didn't know which game it fell into um, honestly, that last game, I don't even remember. I just remember the first two, <laughs> but I guess that's good. Um, well, it had to, it had to fall in the third because it was a one Oh and eight Oh in games oh, one and two. So yeah, game yeah, three yeah. was the only game they scored in. And I remember being really pissed off because I was like, how did I let another pitcher hit a home run off me? <laughs> <laughs> and now, and now we all understand that now with, and, and yes. cause, cause you look at the, the huge, you know, the huge hit she had there in the, in the top of the eighth against OU. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the not to you know obviously not to take the conversation off of you but you look at Ellis you know she's got that bicep injury you know she can mm -hmm. still hit and she's still going out there and and producing I mean it's that's that is the Oklahoma State culture oh I, that that that's what type of player she is she's gonna compete even when she's hurt and she can't perform in the circle she's gonna continue to perform in the box and I think that's 
it, it speaks so much to who she is and who she is as a softball player. And um, I'm very happy she's on our team now. Um, and I, I really hope that she continues to, like, show the world she's not just a pitcher. Like, she's not just a really good pitcher because I think most of the time as a pitcher who hits, there's either one or the other that really shines. And I'm glad that she's still able to hit and help her team win. So, obviously, on the field, you guys were really solid. You know, you had a you had a fantastic season at Oklahoma State. But when you go to your USSA uh, bio on, on the website, it says college. It says Oklahoma State University. And then the next thing is she is known as the queen of bat flips. <laughs> Obviously, your on-the-field performance got you on SportsCenter, you know, the top tens. But the exposure that those emotional bat flip, I mean, it was, you know, when a, when a ball was going deep, I mean, you knew some kind of bat flip was coming. So is this in the moment? Is this, okay, if I, if I go yard, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, I throw it a little bit higher than I am this time, or is it all <laughs> off the cuff? No, none of it was premeditated. Like I never practice bat flipping. It was all emotion. You look back on every bat flip I did. We either were down in my hit, you know, my home run tied us up, put us ahead. It was a game winning. They were all really big moments. Yeah. There was maybe one where I was just probably admiring my own work. Um, and it was all off of emotion. And I hope that people understand that now, especially with how many more softball players are bat flipping. Like we, it is okay to admire the hard work you may have just absolutely demolished a ball and you can sit there and watch it for a little bit. They're not going to catch it. Like and boys do it all the time. And mm -hmm. I think that goes to also how I grew up and admiring baseball players and the way that they played. And that finally came out my senior year, but you couldn't, you couldn't tell me anything. You weren't going to be able to stop me from doing it. I never once looked at the pitcher in the eyes and like flipped her off. Like it was always, I was looking towards my team and my dugout telling them we're still in this. We're not out of it whatsoever. And that's huge. Uh, to You're not showing up the other pitcher. You, it is for your team. And it was amazing at that time how hard it was for the sports world to understand that. I mean, it was, you know, me, I, I was a pitcher. When you did that, I didn't feel offended. <laughs> I didn't feel, <laughs> granted, you were hitting it for my team. But, you know, unbiased. But, um, you know, th there are ways to do it where – you're not showing up the other team. Yeah. Now, the the second one against Florida, whenever the bat went tumbling towards your dugout, probably a little further than I think you thought it might. Were you I, watching that bat going, don't hit was, anybody, don't hit anybody, don't hit anybody? It was the dirt. You, you watched that video over again. I watched my bat the whole time. Yeah. I had no control over my body. There was nothing. <laughs> there could have been a freaking brick wall in front of me, and I wasn't going to stop. I, like, as soon as I released it, I came back to myself. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so I looked up, and luckily, where it was going, it's where Wes, our strength coach, and our two male managers were going. So I was like, okay, if it hits one of them, I'm not going to be upset. But if right. it was going to go towards one of my teammates, I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. Uh, right. And I always say, if I work at camp or anything, I do not want you to do that backflip. That is so dangerous. It is not a good one. That was pure emotion. And uh People, people laugh and they think it's funny, but I, that was, I wish 
that was the second home run of the game mm-hmm. against a pitcher that I have played previously for three years that I've had very little success over. And I was very proud of myself, but also I knew in that moment that at bat, if I could get on, we were going to win. And so I, I just take it myself and I was like, okay, we just got to get a couple more outs and we win this game. So there was a lot of things playing into that. I wanted to play Florida in that opening game because my sophomore year when I went, we also played Florida my opening game and we got run rolled. It was horrible. There's just a lot of history for like me and Coach G with Florida. And I wanted to show everyone that Oklahoma State, this wasn't like a um, a lucky thing. Like we didn't get in just by luck. Like we were here, we got here by our hard work mm-hmm. and we weren't just going to go to and barbecue and on the biggest stage for softball. It's, it's obvious, you know, the contributions that you've had to the sport of, of softball, you know, what you did at Oklahoma state, I think it's still evident, you know, the success that they're continuing to have. You can, you know, you can see your work ethic, but you hit on it, you know, before, before we got to this, at the start of your, you know, your last answer, you know, you, you host camps now, you know, how, how fun is it? Yeah. You know, you, you contributed to the college softball world, but how fun is it and how cool is it to, you know, to help be a part of these young girls, you know, their, their transition into, into major softball and, you know, and help grow the game through grassroots. It's, it's, I've, especially this year, my love for camps and coaching has grown so much. I've always wanted to teach. I didn't think I like after college softball, I was like, okay, I can't go be, Uh, I couldn't be a high school teacher, but I want to be able to coach softball and being Mm -hmm. able to reach so many girls at camps and clinics and making that connection with them, even if they don't know who I am, that is completely okay. But getting to share my love and knowledge for the game with the next generation and hopefully, you know, continue that love and knowledge with them is like everything to me. And either they know me or they don't whatever but they're gonna know that they're getting taught and by some very good women athletes who have done a lot of really good things in the softball world well and there's there's nothing better than giving lessons and seeing a kid's eyes light up that that aha moment that they get it, and then and then the game change for the game changes. Absolutely. You can literally watch them fall in love with it. Absolutely, it's. Uh, I was I was giving lessons for a little bit, and to me, I feel like I have such a like a simple way. One, playing softball, like all my movements are very simple, but also like the way I coach, I try to keep it as simple as possible, just because of how fast, how like pitching and everything, how difficult everything is, and people will look at me and be like that worked. And I was like, you don't have to make it harder than it already is. Just try to keep it simple. Get your foot down and turn on the ball. Like, <laughs> and there's so many different ways to get there because Correct. you know, you, you look at all these different, you know, your batting stance was completely different than let's just take Jocelyn Allo completely right. different, but you both get to the bat being out in front of the plate, making connection with the ball. And it goes a long ways when you're strong. Absolutely. Um, I, I find it really funny. I'm, I'm a tall person. I'm six foot. I'm a long, lanky, you know, and hitting wise, I don't have to generate a lot of power 
because my bar my body's powerful enough like i don't stride i don't do anything and people look at me and they're like well how do you hit so far and i was like my legs like i yeah. i just get my barrel to the ball and i extend through the middle but you watch Olo too she doesn't have a lot of movement there's not a lot going on in her swing we're just powerful hitters that know how to move our body correctly. And that's what I tell a lot of kids. I just want to be able to get your body to move properly in an efficient way to produce power. Um, and I think a lot of young softball players don't hear that a lot. They're trying to hit like Olo. They're trying to, you know, pitch like Odyssey Alexander. And I'm like, you're not, you're not going to be her. You're going to be you. And let's just get you the best you. We've kept you a long time. We certainly uh, appreciate your time and, before we let you go, I, I do want to talk about this current team. You know, obviously they're coming off winning a, a Big Twelve championship down there against OU. You know, you kind of you kind of get get over that hump a little bit. You know, and and it not that there isn't pressure because obviously you have to win your regional. You got to get mm -hmm. through a super. But I think what's so important for this team, you look at the success they've had. You know, I think, uh, you know, Kenny talked about the, the turnaround they had down in Florida. You know, they, they got to go to the beach and, you know, they were on the, you know, they, they woke up and they kept their routines and they, you know, they, they held, you know, devotions on the beach at sunrise and kind of seemed like yeah. a reset. And then obviously going down to Norman, it was tough. You know, you get swept by OU. They bounce back the Big 12 tournament. Essentially, if, if they make it through, I think if they make it through their regional, I think they've secured a, to host a super but yes. you know what? What are your thoughts on this team and and moving into this into this Stillwater Regional against Fordham? One game at a time. You can't look ahead at what's coming. You literally have to take it pitch by pitch. You look at the regional. Um, it's gonna be those are gonna be good games. Mm -hmm. uh, Everybody's good above five hundred. Mm -hmm. Yeah, competitive, and you got to find the joy in those games. You got to be able to compete while still having fun. And what I told them while I was there, too, I was like, you got to put your foot on their neck and you cannot let up until all 21 outs are made because these teams know how to win. They're not, you know, they're the underdogs now. We're not the underdogs anymore. They're going to keep fighting until the game's over and we have to do the same exact thing. And the fact that we get to play in Cowgirl Stadium in front of all of our crazy fans, like, that should give you... Like, that gives you a one-up, too. Like, we have the home field advantage. We got to take advantage and continue to have fun. Con conquer Supers when we get there. Conquer the World Series when we get there. But right now, Fordham is the next opponent, and we have to do whatever it takes to not let them – we can't let them breathe, you know? Like, keep it. keep that zero on their side of the scoreboard. Most of these girls haven't been there before. Does that – take pressure obviously there's always going to be pressure to win but does it does it take help take care of some of the mental aspect of we've won soup we've won regionals we've won supers here in Stillwater we've been to the women's college world series a few years now we know what it takes to get back I think knowing what it takes to get back is important but we can't let that be the only mm -hmm. thing going like just because you know some of those girls haven't known anything else besides the world series that just that the game doesn't know that the game the game's going to be the game no matter if you're OU or you're some you know small d1 school at a, at a big time regional so you just got to play the game hard understand you know how to win 
Now, how do we get that knowledge into the game to just dominate? And then one last thing. This is the last thing I have. Yeah. How do you, you know, you've you've played in the College World Series. We've we've seen some issues with weather. You know, the NCAA, they play it in six days. They don't really seem relenting, you know, in terms of, well, there was a weather delay. The game was supposed to start at 8, but we're going to start at 1130, and then you got to be back to the ballpark the next morning at 8 because you're playing at 9. Thoughts? Right. You know, if, if they said, all right, Sam, you are in charge, how do we fix the Women's College World Series? How, you know, how would you go about implementing change? giving them more time to play it out like what what are we what are we what's the deadline why why are you only giving us so many days to play a lot of games you know so i would i would spread it out i would treat these kids in the world series as professionals and i would give them the resources that they deserve um spread it out let them get some rest time and yeah i would continue to like at least how I was treated at the World Series for the two years I was there, like they get treated very well, but it's just the time frame. Why are we rushing games? If I had to play a game that went in over to what, like 2 a.m., I can tell you right now, I would be such a bad softball player because that is not a time that I mm-hmm. perform well in. Nobody, you can't tell me. There may be one or two that are like night owls that bad, but that's not acceptable. Well, what's for... what's the old saying? Nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> oh my gosh! Exactly. Like, come on. So, so let's so... let's expect our top tier athletes in the World Series to play a game, and then if you lose, oh by the way, you got to show up tomorrow morning at nine and play a ball game. You might as well just sleep in the dugout at that point. Absolutely. Like, um, so those are those are things that need to get changed. Um, and yeah. Well, Sam, thank you so much for the last hour. Um, just your insight on the game, your career. It's been so much fun to to talk with you about that, hear your thoughts on it. And, uh, yeah, just thank you so much. You're very welcome. I had a lot of fun. I, I love talking softball, and I can't wait to hear the whole episode. And that was our interview with Samantha Shaw. Again, really appreciate her joining us. Uh, it was such a great interview and enjoyed our talk and learning all about her journey and, and what she's been doing and, and how you can kind of grow there, or how, how they can continue to grow the game of softball and, you know, and what can, uh, what can go into, you know, getting more people to follow professional softball and, and seeing how that game can grow. So, again, really appreciate her for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow Pokes Report on social media. You can check us out on Twitter at Pokes Report. You can also check us out on Facebook and then obviously at PokesReport.com. That's going to do it for this edition of the Pokes Report podcast. We will talk to you next time here on PokesReport.com.